Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9. It is, oh, you know, 11.14 thereabouts. I'm Macca. My co-host is Nevena. And Macca, we have an incredible guest on the line with us now, the author of a new book, You Talk, We Die, The Battle for Victoria's Safe Injecting Room. Judy Ryan is on the line with us. Judy, welcome to Saturday Magazine. Good morning, Nevena and Macca. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Now, Nevena, you can lead off. Excellent. Uh, Judy, this book will never not be timely. Uh, this is obviously about the battle for Victoria's safe injecting facility, and you were a key advocate in that battle. Can you tell us a little bit about this book and why you felt compelled to write it after years of campaigning? Um, look, it's it's it's. I'm pretty basic. I'm just a, a woman from the country who turned up to live in this fantastic part of Melbourne in around Richmond and Abbotsford. And I'd lived in Melbourne for many years on and off, going to uni and, you know, hanging out in all these inner city spots. And, you know, my family, um, when my kids were little, we went back and lived in the country for a while. And then we returned to live in Abbotsford just near Victoria Street in 2012 and um, we knew that there was a lot of you know drug use in the area but that was fine we came here and knowing that that was the case but what really shocked me was the um, the tragedy of it and it was really uh, everywhere everywhere you went walking down laneways or past people's houses there were people overdosed or injecting um, you know, it was it was very confronting from a human perspective, and you know, I never felt afraid. I felt concerned for those people, and you know, the fact that this need to inject was so dangerous for them, having to run and hide, and often inject in in secretive, you know, dangerous places where if they did overdose you know, they wouldn't be found until it was too late. So, and, and I suppose why I talk about my country um, experience was that I kept imagining what would what would the resident's response be and maybe the authority's response be if this was happening in a country town where people knew each other, you know, and it was smaller and, you know, it was, it was almost like because it was in a city, mm. it was a bit out of sight, out of mind, you know, but for me, it was, these were people, these are people, you know, there's somebody gave birth to these people. They were sons and brothers and sisters and nieces and grandchildren. And I, I just, you know, that was what really impacted me and the visual um, thought that, you know, we're allowing this to happen. And yet, and the thing was, everybody knew about it, politicians, police. Yep emergency services for decades for decades like it wasn't a secret and yet the fact that nothing was happening was sort of giving a nod to it being okay mm. and you know what it's not okay it's not 
So, Judy, one of the, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of views on the, uh, the safe injecting facility. And a lot of, there's a lot of urban myths um, around it that it has, you know, that it, it's, it's a honeypot. Um, you know, for people to, well, obviously people can go there to inject in a safe manner. But that some of, you know, some of the things that are said is that, you know, it encourages drug use and it actually draws people to the area to buy drugs. What's, what's your view on that? Look, um, it is a common uh, criticism by people in various media, mainstream, um, social and, and for political purposes. I mean, the reality matter is that the honeypot was already here, mm. you know, and around the world in Sydney, Injecting rooms are set up in areas where there is a honeypot. So um, it does not encourage people to come here. They're already here. And um, it was interesting with the um, Hamilton review that was done by Professor Margaret Hamilton Mm. and the expert review panel in 2020, uh, or was released in 2020, and I remember hearing Margaret speak about it on a forum, and she said they really particularly investigated that claim that the injecting room in Lenox Street encouraged more people to come here, and she said there was no evidence to support that. Mm. But people already knew about it for years. You know, people, international travellers, interstate travellers, knew that this is where you came to our area to buy to buy drugs. So, yeah, um, it's it's easily refutable. It is an, it is a hot spot, always has been, and you know it hasn't um, increased the the attendance at the area in the area. So there is a uh, uh, I'm not going to call it a plan, a proposal, a suggestion that there needs to be another safe injecting facility potentially in the CBD. Again, the environment there is a little bit different in that. Um, it's a bit of a depersonalised environment, as opposed to what mm. you talked about earlier. You know, perhaps in a, a country town, or or a, uh, you know something like that. Do you think that's you know? Do you think another facility is possible? And if so, do you you know what what are your thoughts on it being in the CBD? Uh, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. You know, where there's a political. Um, um, you know, interest and support for it, yes, uh, it is possible. Mm. Is it going to be difficult? Well, it's always difficult. I mean, these facilities across the world are always controversial. Um, I mean, I see them as health facilities and um, we don't complain about other health, health facilities being set up in places where they're needed. But for some reason, of course, this is very controversial. Look, it is a different um, scenario, Macca, for, for sure. Now, um, I'm, I've spoken to a lot of residents who live in the, in the CBD. Um, one really good friend of mine lives in an apartment on the corner of Flind- in Flinders Street on the corner of Elizabeth Street. And I was saying to him, you know, what do you think about an injecting room in, in Flinders Street? Now, I don't... I've, I don't sit at the cabinet table. I've got no idea where it will be, but some people are proposing it might be in Flinders Street. Mm. And he said, absolutely, bring it on. Yeah. He said, they talk about a honeypot. It's happening in my laneway. 
Yeah. Whenever I come home, there's people in there injecting, there are syringes there, ambulances are there, and he said it absolutely has to happen. I've spoken to people in other parts of the city as well who totally agree with it. They say, this is residents I'm talking about, um, and they just agree that this is a really big problem in the city. And they see Melbourne, it's a very cosmopolitan, internationally renowned city, mm. I think we can be real leaders here. Um, and, you know, if a, a recent report, I think it was in The Guardian or whatever, somewhere in the last couple of weeks, where the tragic um, overdose deaths in the city has have, have, have increased in the last period of time. So it's actually becoming more and more desperate that we need this facility. Um, so is it possible, Macca? Look, I really hope so. I really, and and not just in the city, in other heart parts of Melbourne mm. as well. Yeah, Judy, part of what I admire so much about your advocacy as someone who's lost a number of friends and loved ones to accidental overdoses mm. is the humanity and compassion that you bring uh, to safe injecting facilities or health services, as you so accurately called it. Why do you think uh, that some parts of the community have so much time applying that compassion to uh, people who might use uh, safe injecting rooms? Well, I think the sad reality, Nevena, is that so many families and friends have people with addiction. Mm. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the stigma associated with drug addiction is so negative and it forces people underground. And so people are very reluctant to discuss it. Um, and I do address this in my book. I feel it's very sad that people, you know, have, have carry the burden of the tragedy of not only you know, a really tragic outcome, but the lead up to it, dealing with a loved family member or friend with addiction is very difficult. It's mm. exhausting. It's heartbreaking. You just really want the best outcome. Absolutely. But sadly, it's not always the case. So what Mike, I really, look, I really hope my book just sheds a bit of light sunlight onto this issue so people aren't so afraid of speaking about it and and standing up and saying yes actually this happened to me and I I do acknowledge in the book there are some extraordinarily brave people who have lost uh, children to uh, to addiction who are speaking out about it Um, and you know it's almost like the energy they get from their grief they need to expend it and they do it by speaking out and I stand with them and the community should stand with them as well. And the other thing I must add is that my concern is the sometimes hysteria in the mainstream media Mm. about the centre in Richmond. And if I was looking at some of those headlines and non-pixelated images and I had my son or daughter had addiction, I would be so sadly impacted by that and thinking I can never talk to anybody about this. I can never Mm. get support for my role as a parent dealing with my beautiful child, you know, because I'm going to be treated as scum. And I just want to say to 
to those families, you are not. You are amazing. You know, you are working against the odds to keep your loved one alive and imagining a life that's different to what they're going through now. And, you know, I, I really, I just want, I, in my purpose in my book was just to try and bust that myth. Yeah. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's mm. everywhere. Addiction, whether it's alcohol, gambling, you know, legal, legal, you know, pursuits um, ha- have tragic consequences for families, let alone illicit um, addiction. So let's be kind to each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, let's know that people, just be careful what you're saying and what you're writing because somebody reading or hearing that could be really badly impacted by your words and heartlessness, really. Exactly. Thank you for your book, Judy, and uh, it hits a chord with me. Uh, my sister would still be with us had there been a safe injecting facility. She uh, overdosed 16 years ago, um, so I understand it. So thank you. Thank you for your book. Macram, my condolences to your family, but, you know, let's hope moving forward we as a community can show some humanity yeah. to people who are unwell. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for inviting me on. It's been an absolute privilege to speak thank with you. you. It's been thank a pleasure. Thank you, Judy. That was Judy Ryan, author of You Talk, We Die, and it's about the battle for Victoria's safe injecting facility. Continuing in the health vein. Oh, there was a pun there, wasn't there, the health vein. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay with us. <laughs> this podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.